0: Hello, everyone. My name is Paolo Lestrito. I'm the CEO of Sailfish Royalty Corp. As um, the name implies, we are a precious metal royalty company focused on gold and silver. Effectively, we've got a, a vehicle that has a $10 million a year revenue uh, base with uh, extremely low costs and an industry leaving dividend of about 6.8% as of this morning.
1: Right. What's not to like about that story? So something, something's changed. Mr. Rick, you're you're the new guy on the block since September of uh, last year. uh, We've previously spoken with Cesar, but you've been associated with the company a little bit before that as
0: well. So what's your background? So I'm a rock mechanics engineer. uh, By training, I've spent about uh, 17 years as a sell-side analyst on Bay Street slash Wall Street and then worked as a banker for about six years prior to my involvement here at Sailfish. Uh, I was working for uh, about a year and a bit on the corporate development side before taking on the helm um and the focus now is is to uh, continue to grow the business and use my background in A to try and grow the business okay well
1: let's talk about that because that was not the plan previously the plan previously seemed to be waiting around to be bought out so kind of like a kind like you know, of a victim approach to uh business you, you, you're saying you're taking control of the situation. You want to grow the business.
0: So, so how, do you, how are you going to do that? Well, you know, over the years, we've managed to build quite the network and Rolodex in terms of people and understanding of assets. And so the idea is, is to use that base of knowledge to go out there uh, and try to grow the business. Now, it is competitive, um, but that being said, you know, sometimes it's the deal that you don't do that actually makes more sense. Uh, but there are a few opportunities that we're looking at that I think do make sense and that we should be able to put pen to paper and, and grow the business. Okay, we had, okay, that, that that's all great talk, all great theory. Have
1: you done anything yet in terms of like adding new things to the portfolio since I last spoke to the company in July two thousand and twenty-one? I think.
0: Yeah. So earlier this year, we added a silver stream. Uh, that'll effectively bring in about 13,500 ounces per month of silver to the company. That translates to roughly three and a half to four million dollars a year. Um, that's a two-year stream. Uh, but importantly, the the thing to understand is is that there's an option to extend the stream for a million dollars after that two-year time frame. And I really believe that that's the crown jewel with regards to that 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 deal Uh, and the internal rate of return at the current silver price is phenomenal so that gives us visibility to pay that industry leading dividend for at least another two years and possibly longer
1: right and and for another two years for a million bucks okay we're giving you three to three and a half to four four million at today's today's money okay that seems like that seems sensible but the thing thing you said there is um silver that's new so before it was a bit more of a gold story so
0: are you so pivoting somewhat there to answer your question is, is that there's been a lot of index demand from the silver side. And so by doing this silver deal, we're attracting about 2 to $3 million of in silver index buying as a result of that structure. And so um, in that regard, there, there's been a bit of a pivot um, and, and, it, and it's benefiting shareholders as a result.
1: Right. Okay. So, so nice deal. And you're looking for more, more like that. And would you be looking for predominantly silver going forward? Obviously silver's on a, on a, you know, it's been on a small run recently, but so, so is gold. But is this going to be equitable between gold and silver or precious metal more broadly? I mean, what, what, what is the, what is
0: the new strategy after? So the strategy is to do NAV per share creative deals full stop in the precious metal space. Um, there it is more of a focus on silver. There's a couple of deals that we're doing that we're looking at right now that that have a good silver component, so it would be to maintain at least fifty percent of that revenue associated with silver, right.
1: okay, okay. and um can you just talk me through the end you know, the the current revenues? because, like I said before, it felt kind of quite static and not really kind of looking to do too much about it. I not spend money, or has always been quite low. Uh, but now you're saying there's a sort of I say growth component which will which will need capitalizing. Um,
0: what, what's happening with San Albino? Is that still on the books? Yeah, so San Albino's still paying us uh, about three um, uh, percent NSR uh, at the moment. It's or equivalent to about a three percent NSR at the moment, and that they're operating at about a six hundred ton per day uh, rate. Uh, that Mining rate is, you know, equates to about $2.5 million a year, kind of using current uh, pressure metal prices. Actually, it's closer to three using the current uh, metal prices. There is, there has been talk about moving that to 1,000 tons a day. Um, we're still waiting for guidance from the operator. I think it's going to be a function of the drilling and the resource that they've been doing over at, at uh, Las Conchitas. The results have been phenomenal, but it is a balancing act. Between mine life and mine rate, but from a geologic perspective, we're highly encouraged by what we're seeing there, and and uh, our that portfolio should continue to pay uh, dividends to sale Sailfish uh, and Sailfish shareholders for at least the next five to ten years. Okay, so there's this kind of steady flow of
1: revenue there, but because they have been talking about that ramp up for about well since I spoke to them, you know, the last couple of years, it hasn't quite happened yet. Okay, fair enough. Um, and with regards to how, how is Mako looking to, um, you know, what else is Mako doing, which may benefit you in terms of, I'm talking about like in, increasing that resource, extending that, 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 um, resource currently, but that uh, was, it was it lost Can, lost count Can isn't it?
0: Yeah. So the beauty of being a royalty company is, is that we don't have to spend the money in order to grow the resource and worrying about the operations. We just benefit from, from the top line. And how that performs, and so I know there was a period of time where they were focused on going through a transition zone from a metallurgical standpoint. Based on what we're seeing, that's largely been worked out. Their financials just came out; they're showing that they've worked through that transition zone. And so, you know, the the throughput rate, the metallurgical recoveries, everything is coming in tickety boo the way we want to see it. So the next phase, now that they've Deal, dealt with that kind of that transition period is now to focus on uh, finishing the resource, putting that into the mine plan, deciding whether or not that justifies the next fate leg up in terms of of production uh, ramp up, and that has direct benefits to us as the royalty slash holder.
1: Okay, and when, what else is sitting on the books in terms of revenue? Because there was a there was a there a gold loan receivable as well at some
0: point. Yeah, there was a gold-linked loan, um, and that uh, lasts until September of this year. And as part of that strategy to have more silver exposure, we actually changed that gold-linked loan to a silver-linked loan. And so we should have another $3.5 million in 2023 that you know comes from that silver-linked loan, and that'll expire in October of this year.
1: And what's the significance of moving from a gold link loan to a silver link loan?
0: Well, it just gives us more leverage to the silver price and is one of the criteria that these index funds use in order to decide what your weighting is. And that's, that's you know, the driving force from that standpoint.
1: Okay. So it, it okay it goes back to that, uh, the, the fund. Okay, fine. Understood. And with regards to some of the other things kind of, which potentially have some value, we... You, you you make a, a point of in your presentation talking about you know, Selfish is backed by wealth funded investor. I assume you're referring to Wexford um, in there as the significant shareholder, nearly 62 percent of the company. But they, they're they're kind of going through their own machinations at the moment, reinventing themselves. You know, with ba- battery-linked um, funds, et cetera. And obviously, they've been sitting on a you know a big nickel asset um, well-documented well, well documented, uh, sales process there, which which seems to be going on in itself. Are you at all nervous about their intent with this asset? Because I know previously Cesar was, you know, wait for employee embedded in here? um, They they seem to be, I don't know if they're putting money in, I don't think they need to here, but so we, we say well-backed. Do you have a sense of what their intentions are going forward?
0: Yeah, so Matt, I think what you're referring to is um, the uh, the the private side of things was Waterton and their ownership of Spring Valley. So our major share, yeah, that, that's okay. So our major shareholder is Wexford. They don't have any interest in the Spring Valley asset. Uh, they own sixty two percent of us, and they've been highly supportive, um, and are one of the principals that are help us with this. Uh, SilverStream acquisition. So in that regard, it's good to have a partner there that understands anytime we can go out there and do a plus 25% internal rate of return type acquisition that we can borrow money at 10% in order to do that. And that has a direct benefit to Sailfish shareholders because you're growing the business. It's NAV, it's creative, it's at an internal rate of return that's beneficial to the shareholders. Okay, back. like with regards to waterton that's the group that's pivoting. Yes, right. Okay, so I, I the tape conflating the
1: two Ws. Um, okay, so 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 some themselves are they are their intent is to stay as a major shareholder. Is that do you think in terms of like you come up with this new, new strategy, new focus, new growth plan, etc. Do you find that having a major shareholder with such a large holding do you think that's a a, a, a big overhang? Do you think it's restrictive in any
0: way? And if you got any plans to so change that? In in an ideal world, again, using my ex-analyst hat, in an ideal world, you have, you know, a shareholder that is kind of less than 19.9%. So you have a more diversified base. And in order to do that, you have to have a business that has enough of an attractive um, and diversified base that allows for new shareholders to come in. And so, you know... It's indicative of a business that just got started out that, you know, has been in incubation for basically five, six years. And now we're at the point where we're starting to grow the business. I'm coming in, talking to people, bidding on assets, being very strategic to try to grow the business. And I'm sure that, you know, Wexford would be happy to own 20% of a much larger business. And they've had success in the oil and gas space in that regard. Um, and so the, the, they have a track record about doing exactly that. Okay. 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 That, that, that,
1: that's useful. I'm um, just in terms of like people, people looking at it, because obviously like I say it, there's a gonna there's there's a history here and it feels like all, all change. It's, it's like new sailfish um, in, in a way. And what do you think people should be looking at in terms of how they should value your, royalty business are you looking at you know NAV for a share or do you think it's we you need to grow what, what do you need to demonstrate uh to them and what do they need to look at
0: well growth is definitely one of the criteria uh but that data set is going to be you know it's m a is takes time so that so that's but it's definitely one thing that they should be looking at we've already announced something this year i'm hoping to get something else announced before year end so that's that's the first criteria the second criteria is true free cash flow, true free cash flow that benefits shareholders. And so, you know, we've got a business that's roughly $10 million a year in revenue, our cost base outside of one time items. We're trying to keep that below a million and a half dollars a year. So there's true, you know, free cash flow to the business. And then the return of that cash to shareholders in the form of a dividend. So we've got, right, as of this morning, six point eight percent dividend yield and that's, you know, head and shoulders a bit above um some of the other royalty players in the space. Okay. And do you do you think that in terms of where where the the well, via
1: the, the, the silver stream, obviously you've kind of got um the the gold in the shape of the San Albino project and the potential of Spring Valley at some point down the line once. We can work out how to value the thing. Is do you think you're in the right jurisdictions? Because I think the, the, the kind of slightly unnerving headlines over the last few few weeks have been coming, you know, coming out of Chile in terms of talk of potential nationalisation of lithium. You've had you know Mexico um, talk you know using the same sorts of phraseology. It all seems to be usually around the time of electioneering, etc. But again, in this kind of new selfish. Are you going to be a little bit more conscious of some of those juris- jurisdictional uh, risks in where you go to try and uh, bid for business?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Again, this goes back to diversifying and diversifying risks. So, Spring Valley is a great asset because it's in you know continental U.S. in Nevada. It's in mining country. It is a big asset. Uh, we you know the uh, last published data suggested that it was more than five million ounce resource, um, and we would have up to 3% NSR on that project. So again, that's outside of, of um, you know, Nicaragua. Nicaragua has gone from kind of okay to the headlines not being uh, very favorable, but from an operating standpoint, everything seems to be uh, fine. There's been no change to the business. But that being said, you know, you have to recognize it for what it is, uh, that there's headline risk there. Um, and you know some of the new M&A that we're looking at is outside of those jurisdictions. Again, cognizant of diversifying the the portfolio to make sure that you're doing the appropriate growth that's adjusted on a, a risk adjusted basis.
1: Right. Okay. And now, what are you what are you conscious of in terms of this growth plan of yours? Because okay, so the jurisdiction we, we we've talked about that, um, which which is inter- interesting in itself, but if you look at the way that some royalties companies have have grown in terms of um not just share price and market cap too they've done it by adding multiple royalties to the books because they all get valued at the same rate It's a nice clever little game without necessarily you know delivering revenue to the to the bottom line you know without without kind of driving real uh, value um to, to the books. so you're aware of those models. You're, you're an nice ex-analyst. You, you, you know you know the game. So for you, what's important for you in terms of what you've got to try to deliver this year and, and maybe into next
0: year? Yeah. And so the the key thing was giving us that cash flow visibility to extend the dividend, and and that's what we've done. So that was that was first, you know, in the highest priority business. So we now have at least two years of runway on that dividend. Uh, and possibly more with that option, that's number one. number two, the next deal that we're looking for now is is to extend that visibility. So I recognize that there is that op there's value in creating an option value portfolio, but our business is very much focused on cash and ability to generate free cash flow. We do not have the luxury, especially you know, with having a concentrated portfolio right now, of being frivolous with our shares. Our shares are just as important as cash, and so therefore we are focused. If we're going to do a deal, we're going to do a deal that, one, focus on NAV per share growth, and two, does not dilute the option value that we have that we do believe the market doesn't understand, and that is spring valve. Okay, and we, but there's no sort of set time on on being able to put a number on that, right? In terms of Spring Valley, so so you know we know that Waterton, based on you know industry participants, there was a sale process uh, that was out there uh, in kind of 2021. Um, our understanding is that Waterton's kind of pivoted and focused on battery met- metals which means that the old portfolio is being rationalized. So while we have no control and no data that suggests that, you know, there's set timing that, you know, it's highly likely that there's going to be a transaction there that'll allow for that data to come into the public domain over time.
1: Okay. Well, look, like I appreciate you making the time to come and see us and give us an update on, on the, on this new set, new Sailfish, um, versus plan and strategy. Um, Numbers looking good, and you seem to focus on the right things. So I, I appreciate you staying in touch with us and let us know how you uh, you get on um, for the rest of the year. Okay, thanks for having me, Matt. Really appreciate it.